Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save an average of $470 on auto insurance. That's a whole lot of money for a quick phone call. Don't you think average nationwide savings? Survey data, July to December 2020. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. All right, uh, as a misplaced comma there that really, yeah, commas are important. Hope you're great. Hope you had an outstanding weekend. Hope you watch football. Why wouldn't you watch football? The football was fantastic. We got Tampa. We got Green Bay. We got Kansas City. We got Buffalo. We got good football. Um, okay, so here's what always happens. Usually for like a day, I, I really love what Dan Byer said last hour. He's like, look, the Jared Cook fumbles like – Felt like the deciding factor. Because if you didn't watch the game, you would know like, oh, Saints are upset. You know, Saints lost. Tom Brady was terrific. He was efficient. They turned it over. And you look at the final score, like, well, they were probably up 10, 15 points. And then because of turnovers, then they scored some points late, had an onside kick, and it didn't work. Like, that's not what happened. They're up seven. Jared Cook catches the ball, runs, and then fumbles, dramatically changes the game. The same could also be said for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. Mahomes obviously went out with, I, I guess, being choked out would be. And Chad Henney does just enough, and they go for it on fourth down when they just need one stop, and they can't get that one stop. But lost in it was a fumble. And, of course, the Browns, you know, you fumble the ball into and out of the end zone. It's 
not only a turnover, but a touchback, and the Chiefs get it at the 20-yard line. This is Kevin Stefanski talking about the fumble after the game. Honestly, I didn't see the replay. Uh, I was told about it, but I'll let the league handle those type of things. You know, I, I will never, ever doubt Rashard Higgins' effort or our guy's effort. Our rule there is not to reach the ball out. It's first and goal, and he knows that. So, again, appreciate his effort. He battled like he always does, uh, but we got to fight that urge because it's such a, a big uh, loss if it does end up being a touchback. Now, now lost than it was, I mean, it appeared to be, you know, a headshot, right? Um, and and that's really, I mean, that that's the problem, the ambiguity with the rule, which is like, all right, it, there's not supposed to be any ambiguity. If you go helmet to helmet, then then there's a penalty, and you can clearly see in the replay. But the bigger, I think, discussion is also is about the, the touchback rule, right? Byer, where are you on as as our as our rules expert? <laughs> Where are that. you? Where are you on the on the touchback? Well, uh, to give you a short answer, I think that the rule should be changed. I do have a solution for it, but I do think that it's a bad rule. Okay, um, we'll come back to you once. Sure, second. that's fine. Okay. I figured that that was the case. Okay, uh, music. Where are you? I'm with Dan. Where I think that there's just needs to be a change to the rule. I think it's uh, something that needs to be revisited in the off season. Okay, but do you have? Do you? I mean, like, is I do a, have a like, couple of ideas on how I think okay, it can be improved. Okay, uh, buyer. Let's. Okay, so my general take is, my general take is, I think it's a, it's like a, it's too punitive, right? First, keep in mind, it's the only time in the sport where you get control of the ball on a turnover when you didn't actually control the football. Like, I think that's probably the biggest issue because it's like okay i get that the end zone is sacred but why do you get a turnover when you didn't actually secure the ball there's no other place in the football field where that is actually the case like there's a problem there for me and then when you do get the ball you don't get it at the spot of the fumble you get at the 20 yard line so now it becomes not only incredibly punitive losing a football that the other team did not gain but you also give them some 19 and a half yards usually, which they did not earn. So if you can come up with a viable solution, I'm all ears. Go Dan Byer. My solution, and I did uh, just a plug for my Sunday show with George Reister because the game was happening uh, when our show was going on. So uh, the fumble happened earlier. The point being is we got into a heated discussion. My uh, point was I believe that no offensive fumbles should be able to be advanced by the offensive team. So, under this scenario, Doug, the uh, any this would allow any fumble to not be picked up by an offensive player and advanced for further yardage, right. which, which would then wait, wait, that's the rule in college, right? I believe. Yeah, I believe, I believe and, that's a college rule. And so, it takes care of a lot of different things, but most importantly, it puts a blanket over all the different sort of fumble scenarios that you have because the fumble scenario that happened in Cleveland in Kansas City yesterday is different than a fumble that would happen uh, under two minutes, different than a fumble that would happen, you know, on fourth down, different. There's so many different fumble scenarios that I think that that is part of the problem and this would be a way to cure that because I agree with you that if the big deal, if the defense forced a fumble, you should have to recover the fumble to gain any benefit from it. Right. Okay. So, so you're you're putting like a moratorium on any advancing advancing of a fumble forward, and so then the if you fumble at the one foot line and it goes to the end zone, who gets the ball? If it then then it would just be dead at the spot of the foul with the offensive team retaining possession from that spot of the fumble. Okay, so, so so like let's say it was third and five. I, no, I understand. Okay. I understand. It'd be it'd be fourth in an inch, right? Fourth in an inch, and it would be the offense's ball again. Yes. Okay. I I don't know if I love that only in that now we've rewarded a team that fumbled a football. I I, I get that that would be like but, what it is for for the rest, but there is but, this feeling. Go ahead. I was just going to say if there's another scenario where let's say Richard Higgins fumbled at the twenty eight yard line and it moves up to the 26-yard line on a second down, they get the football to the 26-yard line. So why should they get the two extra yards for fumbling forward 
if if it just went out of bounds at that point. On a fourth down, you can't fumble forward. You'd have to be the one to recover it yourself. And that under two minutes, same sort of thing. That's the problem is there to me to take care of it and to take care of what happened yesterday. Just don't allow the offensive team to advance a fumble. And if the defense happens to recover it in the field of play, perfect. It's their football. But otherwise, it's dead at the spot of the fumble. Uh, um, music, is that is that your solution as well? Do you have another solution? That is not my solution. My solution would be um, it penalizes the offense for fumbling by you get the ball back, but it's still considered a touchback. So you have to go and take it from either the 20 or I know technically a touchback yeah. now is the 25-yard line. So there is the chance that in that Higgins situation – You've taken the ball from much further out from the 20-yard line, and you've gotten it all the way up to the point to where you almost scored a touchdown. Now, your punishment for fumbling that close to the goal line, and it maintains this idea that the goal line is somehow sacred, is we're not going to give you the ball back on the one-yard line. You can maintain possession, but now you have to back up outside of the red zone to the 25-yard line, which is somewhat beneficial to the defense at the same time, because as you said, you didn't ever regain possession of the ball. So I can't give you the ball, but you did knock it free. In a, so your benefit is now, instead of having to try and defend the goal line, first and goal from the one, you now have 25 yards and several downs to try and prevent the defense from actually getting into the end zone. I like Ryan's rule better. I, I like that, way, that rule better. That And then it's equally... Punitive. Let's yeah, say it's like second and goal from the one, and then you fumble. Well, your punishment is now you're no longer. It'll be third and goal, but from the twenty-five. No, that's no, no, your I, punishment. I, yeah, I get it. I, I get. It. Well, go ahead, Ben. I don't. Know, I just. I don't. I don't see that as a. I. I don't believe that the end zone is this sacred area. I think that if the ball bounces a half inch one way as opposed to maybe another, you're getting the ball at the half yard line as opposed to giving the football back. Um, to another team like they we're like we if the ball goes out at the half yard line then it's still Cleveland's ball if it goes out of the end zone it's now the defenses and if you were to do your scenario now you're still penalizing the offense 20 yards for something that a they really didn't do wrong even though they lost possession of the football and on other spots of the field they could actually gain more from it like that's that's why I just don't I, I get uh, Dan. I I get, I get what you're saying. I understand, but we, we also have to admit that if you gain one yard anywhere else in the field, you don't get points. If you gain one yard at the one yard line, you get six points. So there is a value to that area of real estate, right? I mean, it's in the old. It's location, location, location. Now that that's what the argument is. By the way, I don't think the rule is changing. And every time this happens in a big game, we all talk about changing the rule. This reminds me of, it reminds me of, reminds me of, for my lifetime, Dick Vitale's been calling games on ESPN. And he always wants to change the tie-up rule. Oh, change that rule! Change that rule! Right? Have you noticed nobody's changed that rule? Have you, have you noticed? <laughs> now, granted, it, it's not, points are not decided on jump balls for the most point. And nobody actually wants to see the old throw-it-up jump ball in the free throw line semicircle. But the point is that we are yelling, we are screaming at the at the sky at things that won't change. That said, I, I like Ryan's because th- this is a little bit like um it's a little bit like shoots and ladders. You guys ever play shoots and ladders with oh, the kids? Yeah, yep. yeah, right? This one's like, oh man, I gotta go back to the start. Are you kidding me? I gotta go. But at least, at least you don't like lose the game. Whereas, you know, the the way it is now. You're going in the end zone, like you lose the ball and you lose all that yardage? That that sounds crazy to me. Well, I also think, let's say you take a quarterback and you you sack him at his own 35-yard line and he fumbles the football. And then an offensive lineman picks it up and runs it 10 yards to the 45-yard line. At the de- as the you know defense, you're just kind of like, great. You know, like here, here's, there was nobody else back there. He fumbles it, a guy picks it up and runs it 10 yards. Yeah, it's tough beans, but the defense ends up getting penalized for making a great play while the offense didn't do anything to deserve except having a guy somewhere in the area being able to pick the football up and getting 10 yards back that you would have originally lost. If you just put all the fumbles in the same sort of category, we're not having discussions on is it before two minutes, is it after two minutes, is it fourth down, is it not fourth 
down? Is it the goal line? Is it the not goal line? Just don't have the ability to advance it, and I think it just clears up a lot for the NFL to to have to deal with. That's that's just where I am. I think it's a bigger picture, and I actually think it will be discussed this offseason because of where it happened and when it happened in a playoff game on national TV. You know, but it's happened before in a playoff game on national TV. Um, yeah, I know that that's well, well, that scenario, or are you just talking about look them looking at a rule? Both. Okay, because I think that things changed with the Rams and Saints. I think that we have we have seen bad calls in the NFL, and then all of a sudden that ends up happening for one year. Yeah, exactly. But I will. And also, they're like, "That was dumb. We should we go back it, the old way." Yeah, but it doesn't doesn't change that they looked at it and actually did change it. And also, this play is is rare enough where you're not going to have like twenty cases throughout a season where there would be you know four or five scenarios. The worst call ever was the Austin Safarian Jenkins Jets Patriots call. Correct. You know, and, and like and, and that to me is reason enough to be like, wait a second here. How are we really judging this rule? And what is the true intent of this sort of rule? And if you can eliminate scenarios like that, um to me it's worth it. Let's put it that way. Uh music, would you would you like to add on or take away or or or, or contradict that in any way? Uh, no, I mean, I just think I I tend to more align because uh, I think what the issue is, a lot of what I saw on Twitter with some former players was there are so many rules now in the game that benefit the offense. This is the one rule that benefits the defense. So I get that. And I do think there's something to that when you consider, you know, half the league is going to be defensive players who where if you change the rule a certain way, they may look at this and go, oh, here we go. Just another thing that's going to try and benefit all the offensive players. It's all about the wide receivers and the quarterbacks, nothing for us. So I think if you're trying to at least meet in the middle, you may be able to appease both sides with like, look, we can't give you possession of the ball because you never really gained possession. It just rolled out of bounds out of the back of the end zone. So we can't give you the ball. But what we'll do is we'll back them up outside of the red zone. That at least gives you a chance to prevent them from scoring a touchdown. Yeah, so I, I guess that that's the other part is that's the only other option there, okay, which is giving the defense the ball but give it at the spot where the ball was fumbled. That's the only other if you, you know, but basically we, we've hit on the, all three possibilities which is Byers is give the ball back to the offense where it was fumbled. Mine would be give it to the defense where it was fumbled. And music's would be, and I'm actually a little bit more aligned with music's maybe than my own, which would be uh, keep it with the offense, but, but have it like a touchback. What, what happens if you're inside the 20 and that happens? What do you mean? Like if the play is run from the eight-yard line and you fumble, do you move back to the 20 then? Yes. And then if it's – like, but are but, you really going to fumble from the eight yard line? It, you know, hey, eighteen guys, yard fumble. How, how did no? But no, the the meaning the play is you know the play is a guy is reaching over from the goal line and tries to reach the ball no, over. It's where so. it's wherever no, it's wherever the ball wherever he lost control of the football. For but if that's you're saying, the college rule, the college rule that you're you're proposing, okay, is that you can't you know, advance a fumble. Uh, so yeah, you go back to where the fumble was. I'm talking about, Ryan, little, I'm talking about little, Ryan's proposal. Like Ryan's proposal is to bring it back from the 20 yard line. Yesterday's play happened at what? Like the 40 yard line is where the line of scrimmage was. So what about if yes. the Browns, like, so they're going to lose 12 yards on the play? Correct. No, they, yes. Yes. I would say that's correct. That is your quote unquote punishment for fumbling the ball out of the back of the end zone. You're going to, in that case, you would be. From the eight-yard line, yes, you would be losing yardage for fumbling the football into the back of the end zone. Now, the benefit would be, in the event of this Browns play, would be you get to maintain possession of the football, and you actually netted 20 yards since the play started from the four. Yeah, see, and this is this is why I like my rule, is because there are so many different kinds of fumble rules depending on time and location. And if you just did it my way, which I feel is the best way, then all the fumbles are just, they're treated equally. They're treated equally, and all, all fumbles are not equal under the law. I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, yes. That's that's just how I look. I think every that if, fumble is not the same. The t- there was a tuck rule play this weekend, right? Everybody hates the, the tuck. There's, there's you can have you can have a tuck rule that that fumble is different than other fumbles. Um, there's you know uh, the, there's when you if you 
get the football, but you don't make a football move and you fumble it and you don't necessarily secure it. You don't have a completed pass. Like I actually don't believe that all fumbles are created. Then we had the Giants game. Was it the last game of the season where apparently you can secure a football by simply sitting on the football? I didn't know that could take place, but that's what the ruling was. All right. Thank you, Bayer, for your confidence in your uh, in your rule change it's the doug Gottlieb show live from the farmers insurance fox sports radio studios call 1-888-FARMERS to switch and you can save a bundle on auto insurance what does a former player think about this rule i'll ask bucky brooks next be sure to catch the live edition of the doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's uh, welcome him in. He's Bucky Brooks. He played in the NFL. Now he covers the NFL for the NFL Network. You can hear him Saturdays right here on Fox Sports Radio. Bucky, last time you put on a helmet, shoulder pads uh, in an NFL game was when? <laughs> August sometime 1999. Last preseason game, Raiders versus Niners. Did you know it was over? Oh, I knew it was over when I was on the field, yeah. I knew it was done. Like, I what? think everybody knows. You know you know when it's done because you know that you're unwilling or unable to do the things that you need to do to be at a high-level play. Um, oh, what's that feeling like when you're walking in the locker room knowing it's the last time? You know, because, like, look, when you play basketball the last time, you're still going to be able to play basketball, right? Um, when you play football the last time, you're not putting on a helmet and shoulder pads ever again, and you've been doing that since you were a little kid. What's that feeling like? It's tough, Doug. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's unlike anything that you can imagine because, for me, I'd done it since I was seven years old, and when I got done playing, I was 28 or whatever, so 20-plus years of playing. Like, it's tough, and you go through a bit of a depression and a loss because um, if you're a highly competitive person and athlete um when you walk away from the game it's almost like you're quitting and that goes against everything that you've ever been taught by your coaches and so the game that you love the things that you love about the game which has to do with the competition but the camaraderie and just the game itself like you know that you won't get a chance to do that anymore and there's nothing else that you'll do that will come close to giving you that same feeling of being the gladiator in the arena uh, did Drew Brees hang on a year too long? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I think it was, it was pretty apparent early in the year that Drew Brees didn't have the ability to push the ball down the field. And I get it because, like, man, we all are obsessed with wanting to kind of leave on the white horse and kind of ride off into the sunset as a champion. And because they've been so close the previous years, I understood Drew wanting to come back. But I think if you looked at his game, even the last three years, he was a guy who had rung up nice numbers, was very efficient, but he was playing small ball. The difference was he could tease you occasionally with a, a deep ball. This year, he didn't have it. And as you get older, man, it becomes increasingly tougher to hang in there and want to take shots. And I think for all of the older quarterbacks that we've seen, uh, Big Ben, even Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers at that, that line, he hasn't fully crossed over but when you get older man you don't want to get hit and it alters the way that you play and i saw for drew it changes the way he played and that's why he wasn't as effective as he had been early in his career what about brady how do he play he was okay like i know we've been romanticizing like oh brady is his 14 championship game and those things but the buccaneers didn't win because of brady they won because of all the other elements of their team the running game showed up with uh, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones doing their part. You saw the defense show up and get four turnovers. And, man, if you win the turnover battle by plus four, you win 92% of your game. And so those elements did well. Brady did a good job of managing the game. He didn't turn it over. But there was a stretch there where I'm looking at the game. I'm like, man, both of these quarterbacks are really struggling. And it just shows you the game is not meant to be an old person's game. It's just hard to play the game when you're old. Yeah. No, it, it, it's not dissimilar, honestly. Most, most any sport is like this. Obviously, like basketball, I mean, pretty obvious in terms of the lack of athleticism. But like golf, right? Like even golf, you'll see a guy who's a great golfer the first couple rounds. Like, man, he's st- he can still do it. And then all of a sudden you get to the third and fourth round. You're like, wait, he just – the other guy hits the ball 30 yards further, 40 yards further. All the shots are easier. He's clearly fading. Uh, yes. Okay, so – can Brady legitimately can can he win them the game in Green Bay? Yes, they can absolutely go on the road and win in Green Bay, but they'll have to do it in a certain style. They'll have to do it with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones running like they've been running the last couple of weeks, where they've been able to lean on the ground game and they haven't had to really rely on the passing game. They can win with the defense playing like they're playing. Number one rush defense, being able to force long yardage situations put the onus on the quarterback to make throws against a defense that is loaded up. So, yeah, they can win it. 
They only need Tom Brady to make four to five big-time throws for them to win. Like, in a perfect world, that's what they need. If they're needing him to make more than that, it's going to be hard for them to do it. But if they're controlling the game and he only has to make four or five what I call critical down throws, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can go on the road and win, for sure. When you see Aaron Rodgers playing, and granted, like, he – they're, they've established a running game. They've changed. They've allowed. They're, they're going to elongate his career with the way they. When you see Aaron Rodgers play, what do you think? You know, look, I, th- I think he's a fantastic player, and I think he is definitely worthy of being the MVP. But I think I've heard you talk about this in basketball terms. Sometimes when you're older, you need to structure him in the offense to help you get easy shots. What Matt Lafleur has done. He has made the game easier for Aaron Rodgers because of the structure of their offense. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback that we've ever seen play in this Shanahan system. The same system that elevated Kirk Cousins. Uh, we're seeing Case Keenum. We're seeing Baker Mayfield play in it. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play in it. And we've seen those guys go from average guys to good in the system. Well, now you're talking about a good quarterback, great quarterback, playing at an MVP level, and it's because of not only him, but the structure of the system makes it so easy for him. And so what I think is we need to give a lot of credit to not only Aaron Rodgers, but Matt LaFleur for putting in an offense that has taken the pressure off Aaron Rodgers to be perfect and has really made it very easy for him to kind of knock down completions and to kind of put up these big numbers without having to try really, really hard like he used to have to in Mike McCarthy's system. Can, can you fix Jared Goff? <laughs> Look, I, here's the funny thing. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Sean McVay and Jared Goff, but here's what I would say. I would say that on the outside, we don't have a great enough appreciation for Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a, I would call him a B-plus quarterback, right? He's not at the A-level. I'm not going to put him with the Mahomes and the Deshaun Watsons and all of those other guys in the world. But I would say, look, he's a really good quarterback. And in the system, like most players are he's a system quarterback this system works for him for whatever reason there's a disconnect with him and Sean McVay and Sean McVay is fascinated by maybe others and what he can do with others and Sean McVay to me has a little giant gluten quality yeah. with him yeah yeah it's like all of a sudden he's not satisfied with what he has a quarterback and I need another quarterback because this quarterback can get it done but I'm gonna say this if he had played John Wolford in that and playoff game i don't think the la rams would have won like john warford is a nice story but john warford is not a better player than jerry Goff. and for us to have that conversation to me was ridiculous jerry Goff has a cap on how much he can put on his shoulders but if you put jerry Goff with cam Akers and the system and the playmakers they can go back to the super bowl because we saw him do it with ty Gurley. i don't know what the issue is I just think they need to get a room and figure out whatever their problems are because Jerry Goff can't go anywhere. It is too economically disastrous for the Rams to move on from Jerry Goff, so they got to figure out a way to work this out. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it. Um, okay, let's go to the AFC. What do you do with Lamar? Okay, now, now here's when I say that, you're like, well, yeah, everybody says, we had a big wide receiver. You know, I think you have to draft a big wide receiver because a fridge is not going to sign there because they won't get the numbers of catches. But, but the issue with Lamar is, hey, this offseason, you, you can give them that extension. But they've been able to build the perfect system and a great defense because he's on a rookie salary. And frankly, the same is true with Baker Mayfield. How do you handle Lamar Jackson going forward? Look, man, it's going to be hard to convince anybody to move on from Lamar Jackson when you're 31-8 and eight with Lamar Jackson as a starting quarterback. And it's not because of the system that you put in place because – Lamar Jackson is that system. The problem that you have is not only um, the system and the personnel, but also the play calling and the structure of the offense. They have to figure out how to build an offense that really works for Lamar Jackson in terms of the passing game. When I look at what he's doing now in the pros, it's nothing like what he did at Louisville. If you look at him in Louisville, he played under Bobby Petrino in a pro-style system. He was under center. I would contend that if you put him in the system that Jimmy Garoppolo is in, you would see Lamar Jackson play at even higher level when it comes to passing. I think they have to figure out a way to make a more balanced and dynamic passing game, one that conceptually works for Lamar Jackson, but also works with the personnel. This is the problem, though, Doug. 
up front their offensive line, their offensive line, they're not drop-back specialists, meaning they're not pass protectors. They're guys that are better going forward. And so if you're going to try and put a traditional drop-back offense in, you better, you got to change the pieces up front. And I don't know if you're Baltimore, if you can change the pieces up front and still have the success that you had running the ball and doing all this other stuff with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. But I do think you're going to have to pay him. Wait, wait. So, so your proposal would be to run more of a Shanahan style or more of a traditional style than what they're doing? Uh, I would say you can incorporate some of that stuff. I think um, the thing about the Shanahan system, when you look at Baker Mayfield, when you look at Jared Goff, you look at even Aaron Rodgers, just look at the amount of easy throws that they're able to get, right? Part of what you do as a coordinator is to make the game easy for the quarterback. Look at what Brian Dayball has done for Josh Allen. Because everything that we say about Lamar Jackson, you can say about Josh Allen. Brian Dayball, one, they got a number one receiver in Stephon Diggs. So whenever he gets in trouble, where does the ball go to? Stephon Diggs. Two, Brian Dayball has put in enough easy layups and at the line of scrimmage throws to get it done. And then they scale back on some of the things. I think structurally you have to reexamine what you're doing with the quarterback. I think Lamar Jackson is what he is. He's been an MVP. He's played at a high level. You got to figure out a way conceptually to fix this offense so you can be productive in the postseason. Bucky Brooks joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, is Baker Mayfield good enough for the Browns to take that next step? You know, it's funny because like I have been one that's been slow to warm up to Baker Mayfield, but I will say this: Baker Mayfield in this system works. Now, I think you have to understand exactly who he is. And you have to pay him accordingly, even though we don't do that because the market will say that, hey, you got to pay him $40 million. But as long as Baker Mayfield is in Kevin Stefanski's system, they're able to control the game with a running attack, and they're able to use play actions, he can kill it. The only problem that Baker and Cleveland runs into is when the game becomes a true drop-back game, where it's all drop-back passes. Everybody in the stadium knows it's a drop-back game. There's no illusion or threat of the run. That's when Baker struggles. But as long as they can control it like that, yes, Baker Mayfield can be a high-end quarterback. They can pay him, and they can continue to build around it. But you just have to know exactly what he is because he does have a little bit of a Kirk Cousin-ish feel, but it's work and will continue to work for them in Cleveland as long as they're surrounded by what they have in the system that they're running. All right. uh, Can Josh Allen win in Kansas City? Yeah, they can win in Kansas City, but I, I will say this. They can't win the way that they played on Saturday night. I know everyone is having a love fest with, like, the quarterback and Josh Allen played great. He was okay. Like, he wasn't great. Like, Correct. they yeah, did a fair. really good job. They did a really, really good job of playing defense. And the thing that he has gotten away with, his mistakes have not become turnovers, meaning we've seen him lose the ball a couple times on backfield hits and fumbles, but they've been able to land on him. We've seen them get away with some passes that maybe could have been intercepted. But then, for the Buffalo Bills to win, someone is going to have to run the ball besides Josh Allen because they just can't make it to Josh Allen. So we will see the turnovers come in droves. That said, man, I give them a chance because they're not afraid. They're tough enough, and they're going to challenge the Kansas City Chiefs in a way to make plays. And if, if Chad Henney's the quarterback, yeah, I think he goes in Buffalo's favor. If, if you had to guess, let's just say hypothetically Deshaun Watson – will not play for the Texans again, what would be the best fit for him? Uh, best fit? I would say Miami. The reason Miami would be the best fit is because they have a team that's already playoff caliber. They just need a high-end quarterback to come in there. I think if you, he goes to Miami, he gets a chance to play uh, for a very structured coach and a, uh, a program that already has an established culture. Uh, I think you're flourishing it. I think if you go back and listen to his comments at the end of the season when he talked about, man, I just want to play for a winner, someone that can hold everyone accountable to create a winning culture and all those other things. Man, great players want to be coached. He wants to be coached. So I think it's a situation of put him in the right environment where he can be all things that he is capable of being, and I think you will see him continue to take his game up and out. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network. Of course, you hear him on Fox Sports Radio on Saturdays. Bucky, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon.
I appreciate that. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS, and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. Are the Chiefs the NFL's version of the Warriors? Guess who thinks so? Find out next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show live from Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers Today for a quote. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of our previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. We call it... And now... This is Colin Cowherd relating the Chiefs to the Warriors. I mean, I had my doubts they could flip a switch. 
and it's nothing against what Cleveland did. But Kansas City's defense, when they had to be great, was, and they won with Chad Henney. Those first seven, eight drives by Mahomes, it was insane. It's like he had the answers to the test. Sometimes, I said this when Katie and Steph, there were times I felt they were bored. I were, there were times I thought Katie and Steph were, were literally struggling to convince themselves, we got a game tonight, folks. It starts in eight minutes. Those first seven, eight drives, wow. It should not be that easy. If Mahomes doesn't get a banged up foot and Mahomes stays in, that thing was getting out of hand. Uh, okay. I mean, like, look, I, I, I think he's spectacular, but he only plays one side of the ball. And you're going to sit here and tell me that the Browns, who we've all talked down about because they gave up more points than they scored in the regular season, were, were what? LeBron's Cavaliers, right? They're, they just weren't. I think we would all agree that they're fantastic. And I think it's also, I, I, I would like to see them against Baltimore, but we've seen them against Baltimore over both the past two years, and Baltimore has not been competitive with them. I, I think the Bills game is going to be an interesting one. Now, let's also, and this is where I will also give Cleveland credit, I mean, um, excuse me, Kansas City credit. They're doing it without their home fans. And I know they've lost traditionally a lot of home playoff games, but that's their Buffalo, Green Bay, New Orleans. Those are the best home atmospheres in the National Football League. So, yeah, I mean, look, I was wondering whether or not they could flip the switch. In fairness, though, they it wasn't like they were scoring touchdowns on every drive. He's like, oh, it's first seven or eight drives. Like, okay. They were up 19 to three at the half. It did feel like it was over. Um, but I, 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 there's still something to this team where they have allowed so many teams to be so close. This one's hard because Mahomes got hurt. That one's hard. But Mahomes gets hurt, and the and the Browns were one stop away from having a shot to win the game. Keep in mind, okay, keep in mind that I'm not counting the Chargers game they lost last game of the regular season because they didn't play their guys. Three points against the Falcons. Three points against the Saints, five, six points against the, the Dolphins, uh, six points uh, against the Broncos. I know most NFL games are decided by a touchdown or less. The difference is this is a team that was putting up in the 30s, not the 40s, and that there are some limitations because everyone's making them nickel and dime their way to points, not letting Tyreek Hill beat him over the top and making them run the football. And for the most part, they do a solid job. They have good patience, but it, it feels like they want to take shots that are completely unnecessary. What does the fuck say? Yes, Ryan Music, go ahead. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Like, I, I didn't really see anything in that game yesterday that led me to believe, like, oh my goodness, look at these Chiefs. They've totally turned it on, and here they are just taking it to the rest of the league, showing them how bored they were during the regular season. I mean... Yeah, sure, to start that game, I, w I thought, okay, yeah, they look pretty solid, but it wasn't as if, you know, they were up 28 nothing in the first quarter. You know, then I would have been like, oh, wow, they are ready to just walk their way to another Super Bowl. I was just right. like, okay, yeah, they look fine. They look good. Yeah, yeah. But they, look, they, they look good. I'm, I'm like, again, I, I don't want to diminish from winning the game and getting up 19-3, to but it was not the pasting. It was not the and, – and let's also remember – like Cleveland's defense is not particularly good. They have some names you recognize. They have some talent there, but their defense is not something that's carried them. It has been you can score against them. I thought they had a really good plan, a really good game plan. But for the Chiefs and for the numbers that Andy Reid's teams usually put up, and the success they have off a of bye week, plus it's really they've been guys been off for two weeks. And you had the Kansas City coming in with a shoddy defense. I would have thought they'd let him up more. It, it doesn't matter as long as you have to do is win the game by one point and they let you advance. But I wasn't as impressed. Let's talk about the Browns coming up. Why all losses aren't equal. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.